Chapter Nine of Grim: The Story of a Pike. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pamela Krantz. Grim: The Story of a Pike by Sven Floran, translated by J. Muir. Chapter Nine: The Wedding Festival spring has come and the pike are about to spawn grim the great she-pike has been lying motionless for days among the bottom vegetation waiting the call of the sun and now it has come one morning it suddenly bursts through and lights up the forest of stalks in the yellow weedy margin in the little open spaces between the tufts there is life and movement and a sound of splashing everywhere dark scaly bodies rise slowly out of the water then the young fish gambol their fins beating like wings in the sunshine grim's cold heart too feels the spring and it warms her icy blood she swims about full of gentler feelings she notes an attraction in the shallow water close inshore the grass of the ditches and the sheltered pools of the marsh and suddenly she recollects her bridal chamber far up at the end of a broad sun-warmed ditch fringed with flowering willow and drooping birch with flickering sunlight and shadow and the splashing of lively wooers spring comes on apace the sun's rays piercing ever deeper into the water where the plants shoot and rise out of the ooze with herculean strength mass themselves expand and throw wide arms abroad from the stubbly reed bed rise fresh stems and all the fallen willow wands that are floating about put forth leaves and take root soon the banks grow green and in the sour mud of the creek where in a short time water soldiers and duckweed will form hanging islands brown toads and green frogs are beginning to bark and croak all kinds of fish are gamboling with joy and delight and at last comes oa the old recluse without evil intentions she approaches the bank and in the flaming dawn she lays her hundred thousand eggs among the thronging mare's tails and grasses but there is no bridegroom near her for none exists bleak and little roach revel in her row and when she has spawned her heart once more grows cold and she sinks back into the deep water gloomy and sullen as before grim becomes more and more eager her deep blue pupils surrounded with a brass-colored ring shine like sapphires in an amber setting the clayey tones along her sides and flanks change to green and her gill covers take on a deep orange hue little by little she feels herself attracted by the numerous eager little male pike that incessantly frisk about her and are already resplendent in their magnificent golden bridal attire she receives with delight the attentions of the one that for the moment pleases her most towards the others and especially those whom she does not like she is capricious in the extreme and will eat them if she has an opportunity as her spawning time draws near she grows heavy and swollen with her roe and at the same time more irritable and uncertain in temper 
she eats nothing and thinks only of swimming over a flat grassy bottom where she can rub her distended belly over the soft grass arching her back like a dog in the consciousness of well-being the lake whose banks are for the most part steep and reedy never tempts her when she is about to spawn she prefers to make her way up the brook to a number of large flooded peat bogs and meadows she generally reaches them by a roundabout way at one place where the brook makes a bend and forms swampy ground with miles of reed forest along its banks a broad belt of rushes runs through some low-lying meadowland for some distance the belt twists and turns and all the year through withered rushes lift thin seedless tassels above the rest in summer it is grown over and is little more than a deep bottomless ditch but in spring a sudden thaw will swell it to a wide full channel here under flowering blackthorn and budding alder trees the waters of the bog and the lake are mingled one cloudy misty night grim followed by three ardent male pike the largest not half her size makes her way through the ditch other suitors have already appeared the great migration before spawning is in full swing in and out she moves among the shallows and banks of water plants sometimes there is only a channel in midstream to follow sometimes she has to go through a long narrow passage beneath an overhanging bank until she reaches open submarine plains in broad creeks her ardor and determination to overcome all difficulties help her notwithstanding mud and a rotting dam at last she is through and swimming about at her ease the marsh water shines golden black with a tinge of bronze grim is never weary of rubbing against the soft muddy peat half decayed remains of dead stalks form a network all over the great cushion at the bottom and fresh remains of cell tissue and organic things just dead are always on their way down but from the depth new life rises once more the sun is ever setting free tiny green mossy balls of slime that lie moored as it were to a single fine umbilical cord and twirl and sway down on the bottom all at once the cord breaks and they rise through the water in a cluster like bubbles and expand into large fringed umbels the willow wands on the knolls are in flower and behind the points of land the coots are quarrelling while the snipe fly round and round in the air and let the wind play upon their feather harps then comes the day when she is ready to spawn a peculiar and to her inexplicable desire to bury herself in the rushes and reed stubble fills her and she likes to run her big body far up among the grass and sedges where she can scarcely swim or turn with joy she feels the thrill right up her flanks she has never been very sensitive least of all when it did not concern herself and now she looks unmoved upon the excited males as they snap and butt at one another unfortunately she has no appetite or she would have eaten the most tempting of them the spawning soon begins and the fish leap one about another in a cluster 
grim loses all consciousness of her surroundings while she sheds her golden stream of five hundred thousand clear yellow eggs no sooner however is this accomplished than she comes to her senses and suddenly feels an overpowering hunger after her tender abandonment her gently waving tail fin turns stiff as a wind-filled sail and with a quick powerful turn she slips her spiked jaws over the nearest bow and slowly transfers him to the vacant place within over an hour the wedding breakfast lasts and then the great lady swims off complacently with a flap of her late lamented bridegroom's tail still sticking out of her mouth later on on her way back through the road of rushes down to the lake her blood is cold and her will dormant the spring was unusually dry the water from the thaw had sunk in at once and the brook received little additional water and when grim reached the old half-rotten dam she found it had been replaced by a new one here she remained together with a number of other fish that gradually collected at the dam and tried to get through for two days she was unable to get either forwards or backwards several times she attempted a leap but without success then she changed her mind and went back to the marsh while there was still time she was shut in end of chapter nine recording by pamela crance